0: The Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to A Conversation with Michael Jan. This war is real, fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher. Soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And tonight is Thursday, January 25th in the year 2024. Patriots, tonight we have a really good interview. It's a we haven't had on for a little while, but it's Michael Yon. And just so some of you know, Michael and I were in Afghanistan at the same time back in 2006. And that's we have really not met until recently, but we've crossed paths a lot of times. So it was, it's really nice to be in touch with him because we do have a common route and we have a lot of, of similar experiences. But Michael is really the premier expert when it comes to the immigration world across the globe. He has literally traveled in about 100 countries, and he's constantly going to the places to get the real story. Today, we're going to talk about some of the latest event, things that he's been discovering, the tie-ins with the uh, Chinese and, and the other groups that are trying to push in people across the border. And of course, this comes on the heels, which is not planned. When I filmed, When I recorded this, we didn't foresee the letter that came out today from Governor Abbott or what's been in the news all day with Governor Abbott. So we'll get to that in just a moment. And before we get going tonight, one thing that's really critical is to understand that we're in a unstable economic times, that food is truly a weapon system and so is money. So this is why we have two great sponsors. We have one, which is literally, you have to be aware that we are looking at food issues right now that are critical, they're gonna try to trench or torch the food supply so they bring you to your knees. And that's why we have My Patriot Supply. Right now, if you go to preparewithbards.com, you're going to be able to find the three-month emergency food kit, which is going to be discounted $200. It is an an amazing system that gives you three months of supplies that have a 25-year shelf life, 2,000 calories a day of a really good mix of food to keep you strong in times of emergency. Now, My Patriot Supply is is the nation's number one emergency food supplier, But more than that, we are in a crisis point. We are seeing it pressure everywhere. We are at a tipping point of stability in our nation on a lot of levels. One is this border crisis. And as we start to see these things unravel, you can expect to see some destabilization, especially from the riots and other crazy things that these fools are trying to plan. So be prepared. So head on over to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com. Check out the three-month emergency food kit. You'll save $200. Get one for every member of your family. This is the time to do it. Get it prepared. Get yourself stocked. It is a baseline for everything you need. Now with that, we also have the concern for currency. And there is another one of their manipulative structures that they're doing. And the currency issue is real. We have a paper dollar that's worth nothing. We have a paper dollar that literally has no value, so you need to be shifting into something of substance. So this is where we have the folks at Birch Gold. Birch Gold can help you transfer your retirement savings Your IRAs, your 401Ks, right into a precious metals-backed IRA. They also can advise you on precious metals. They're a great group. So if you text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898, and you will receive a free information packet from Birch Gold. Check it out, read it, get informed, then make a call to them and set up an appointment to see how they can help you. They are an amazing group that can guide you through some of these troubled times. To, to secure, especially your retirement incomes, which is right on target for what's happening. So, again, text BARDS, B A R D S, to 989898. You'll receive a free information packet and you'll take a look at that, read through it, get informed, call Birch Gold. And there you go. So, you've got My Patriot Supply, which you can go to bards.com and you've got Birch Gold, which you can just do, get to by texting BARDS, B A R D S, to 989898. It's a good deal. All right. Lots going on in the nation. Texas has put itself right in the middle of this fight, and it's not unwarranted. The Supreme Court made a ruling, and that ruling was about the Texas border. And what the ruling came back as was a ruling that even though we're, it's a bad ruling, nonetheless, by the way that Texas, as I've understood, by the way that Texas argued this, they opened their door to be, uh, to be exposed to legislative law, tort law and they didn't argue it correctly. So what Governor Abbott has done is he has pivoted to use constitutional foundations, which is basically the principles of common law. And he has made a comment in the first line of his letter, which is very important to understand, is that on notice, um, he, he said here, the federal government has broken its broken the compact between the United States and the states. This is critical to understand the importance of this, because this gets right to constitutional law. And he goes down to list the grievances and then lists that it is by Article 4, uh, Paragraph 4, has triggered Article 1 and Article 10, Clause, uh, Paragraph 10, Clause 3, which reserves to the state the right to self-defense. Now, this letter went out on January 24th, which was yesterday. As of today, there are 25 states that have aligned with, with Texas. And these are primarily Republican governors, but they have all aligned with him. Now, there's a lot of stuff. I will have this discussion. I had it today on Brighton TV show about whether this is a legitimate act by Abbott to do a good thing for the nation or if this is just finally there's so much pressure that he has no he has no other choice. I'm going to default to say there's so much public pressure. He has no other choice. But I think quietly there has been some understanding with Abbott that if he doesn't continue, if he doesn't do something, he's going to be held up for treason because he's in violation of the Constitution if he doesn't. Abbott did the right thing, regardless. Texas is now positioned to start taking control of the border, which is important. The problem we have now is a leadership issue. And that leadership issue is down on the border. It's very granular. It's what the National Guard is facing down there. The National Guard and the report's coming out, the National Guard are don't really have as much authority as we'd like them to have because one, even though publicly the state of Texas is pushing back against the federal, at this point, the National Guard has not been given full authority to operate on the border the way they should. Furthermore, the commanders of the National Guard, where reports we are getting, have no moral courage, which has been a big debate you've heard me talk about for the last three weeks regarding the De- De- Declaration of Military Accountability, what it takes to have moral courage to do the right thing. So the soldiers are at this point somewhat disempowered. We'll just continue to keep the pressure on this on as much as we can. With this, there is also a convoy that's assembling to go down to the border. Now, all of this is a very tenuous moment in our nation's history. I'm not going to kid you about this. We have to keep in mind a couple of things that are in play here. The National Guard is, or I'm not, the National Guard has also been called for by the representative that is in the District of Austin, Texas, to have the Biden administration federalize the National Guard under Title Ten. That would take them out of the control of the states that would take an action by the Pentagon to do that and to agree with. And in mobilizing them in Title 10, it would remove them from the authority of the states. It's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out because other states are offering National Guard members to send down of the 25 states. The the Wyoming governor today issued a very clear message as he sent out a, a tweet or an X, whatever we call it now, and he is standing there with an M240 Bravo machine gun saying, basically, Wyoming will do whatever is necessary to protect and defend its citizens. And with all this, I will tell you that there is another level of action that I literally just spent an hour on the phone with Jaron Jackson on, and that I am formulating a strategy very quickly that we can start using this same method, using a common law procedure, which is to, to essentially conduct court by mail to persuade and to direct our sheriffs to execute the same thing at a county level. So we don't have to worry about secession, you don't have to worry about aligning, like becoming part of the Texas Republic or anything like that. The county sheriffs have the authority along with the county commissions to take the same position and say that our county is under imminent threat and we have to protect it from an invasion. So this is a very important aspect because especially when you take a state like Oregon that is by Governor Blue, And by three counties, blue and liberal and completely distorted, when you take Portland, Salem, that area up there, there are 30 counties in Oregon that are 100% constitutional. In fact, these 30 sheriffs out of 36 have already notified our state legislature that they will not execute any orders in our state that are not constitutional. That's one of the reasons this gun thing that they tried to destroy us with in Oregon totally has gone away, and it has a permanent injunction on it, and it's not going anywhere. And that's thanks to 30 sheriffs, primarily. So we have to continue to use the ground-level game of using getting our counties involved and executing the sort of pressure that Texas has started and this momentum that Texas has started to execute these strategies at a local level. The local fight is where it's going to be won. And I'll have much more on that information in detail as I work with Jaron and Jaron's helping me construct some ideas. He's fantastic. And Jaron's going to come on the show again next week. And he's going to go over the Texas case for us so we understand really the details of the common law perspectives of what's going on. All that said, the border issue is real. It's a complicated matter. And it's one that is we have a problem in our nation because, as has been stated, there are many, many more people here than we actually have realized. Now, I'm going to play a short piece here before we get going into the interview, and I want you to hear this, this is a piece that I picked up today on TikTok News and Humor, but it's a very good piece and gives you kind of a perspective of the challenges, and it also advocates a position I've been arguing for of how we have a way ahead, which is a little bit beyond tonight's interview, but it's nonetheless something to start talking about as we go forward. So take a listen to this. The purpose
1: of the establishment-run invasion at the southern border is to permanently change the U.S. electorate forever, Then the solution is obvious. But first, a video for context.
2: Numbers you need to understand. Yale University released a study last week by three researchers, all of them liberal, I believe, who concluded that the actual number of illegal aliens in this country is not eleven million, it's north of twenty-two million. Twenty-two million. Mm. Fact one. Fact two. The Democratic Party is now, as a matter of policy, calling for the legalization of all illegals in this country, citizenship voting rights. Twenty-two million new voters. Fact mm-hmm. three. The overwhelming majority of first-time immigrant voters vote Democrat. Fact four, the largest margin in American presidential history was 17 million votes. 1980 election—rather, 1984 election between Mondale and
1: and Reagan. And Reagan, yeah.
2: 17 million. You would add to our voter rolls 22 million, at least, permanent electoral majority in perpetuity. That's what this is about. It's not about making the country better, serving our labor needs, helping the population. It's about putting Democrats in power forever.
1: Are that you, is the yeah.
2: truth of our immigration
1: debate, period. the goal is to permanently change the electorate and keep one party in power forever, here's a couple of solutions and observations. One, there is no physical way to remove 22 million new people. I'm sorry, but it's impossible. It would cost billions of tax dollars. Would it need to significantly increase the size of the federal government to even attempt and would require the mobilization of military domestically to round up said people and forcefully remove? I don't care what anyone says. It's just physically not possible to be done without huge social and political fallout. The damage caused from such an effort is most likely larger than the problem it aims to solve. But then what can we do? Solutions. Need to win over the incoming populace. Educate and inform. The premise for the importing Democratic Party is that all the illegal immigrants will vote blue. What if we convince them to vote red? Close that gap. If the potential votes of illegal immigrants were red instead of blue, it would not only solve the electoral manipulation problem, but the establishment would be forced to shut down the border immediately to prevent additional red votes. Even if the border was shut down today, we have an issue of 22 million new people we need to deal with. Yes, close the border, we're full, great. But we also need to start thinking of actual real solutions for the people that are already here. If it's about putting Democrats in power forever, the most obvious solution, split the migrant vote. He's so dead on. That's Matt Kim podcast
0: on TikTok, by the way. He is dead on in that analysis. And this is something I've been talking about on and off for the last month or so. And it's at a position that's also endorsed by Pete Chambers, then a colonel retired, who we know from down on the border. And it's also a, something that's talked about by more and more pastors that are saying the same thing. Our mission is to literally start to bring that vote in. The advantage to sealing the border finally and to restricting the flow is more about restricting the flow of the bad guys that are literally coming across. Remember, there are some real bad people involved in this. They are high-level operators from foreign governments. They are lead terrorist cells, and they are on our soil, and their intent is to do us harm. On top of that, we have a massive flow of Chinese coming across the border which are being funded by other international organizations and ultimately funded by the US taxpayer dollars, bringing them in. We are being invaded, don't kid yourself. So what we have to do is stop the flow and be able to deal with the problem internally. Texas's position is fantastic because it's finally putting a seal on the border and it's, putting, it's pitting the federal government against the states. Now what you can expect because it's already being seated in the news, the, the movies are coming out this summer to talk about civil war. And this is what they want. My guess is that what they're trying to fuse here now is to get the federal government to fight at the state government. But we have a mix in here that I just have to put out here as a word of caution. There is a convoy planning to go down to the border. And I know people are excited about joining this and people are going down to it. I'm going to caution everybody to go as just people. You are we the people. You are not anything other. Expect to be infiltrated and expect the feds to create a false flag. You have to be ready for this. Because they will, if they can. Because the one thing they want to be able to do is they want to show violence of the people against the federal government that will allow them to take an issue in Texas and override them with national with martial law. Understand every time these events happen and people want to race in en mass, just like we saw with J6, they are going to send federal infiltrators everywhere. This is what they do. The federal government hates you. You just have to get that in your mind. The federal government has absolutely nothing. So we are looking at a potential repeat of J6 if you're not careful. I'm not going to tell people to go or not to go. I am telling you, you got to keep your head on a swivel and be cautious and report everything. Document everything. Be ready because the federal government is going to try to do everything it can to re-secure the rights over that border. Their authority, it's not rights, their authority to keep the border open, to increase the infiltration, and to destroy this nation. We are a country that is currently under occupied control. We are not being run by good people. And unfortunately, there's so much emotion around this and people want to race down there to it. I don't think there's a lot of good thinking that goes on into these events, into the consequence. Just because you're in Texas does not mean you're out of reach of evil, especially since there's plenty of evil in Texas. Okay. Now I think you can look forward to as well that Jim Conley and I had a long talk today. That's the Conley Show. And I believe Jim's going to head down to the border. I can't say that for certain, but I do believe. I know we've got a number of B-Dads that are heading down there. And from what Jim is implying to me is he's going to be carrying more and more of these type of coverages from Texas to try to give a view on the the bigger Texas optic. Because Texas is a very complicated state. It's a very significant state because if Texas falls, the United States falls, bluntly put. There's just no other way to look at it. So Texas is in a major war. It's been a major cultural war as well. And just like I mentioned, you have the representative in Austin uh, that represents the Austin, Texas area the, in Congress calling for the, the federalization of the of the National Guard to try to take it away from Governor Abbott. So you can see the sort of dirty plays that are happening. But Texas is where the real fight is going to go on for right now as we also deal with the consequence of a massive influx into our nation. And to put these numbers in perspective, there have been... Just with what's come in that we know of under the Biden administration, and this was in an article by General Flynn today, was that there's 3.9 million people that have come into the, state, into the United States as illegals. That's more than population than 22 of our states. So there has been a huge influx of, this, of these people, and the attempt is to persuade or to position the voting bloc so that it will never again allow anything else than the deep state satanic cult to take control of us. That was also part of COVID-con, was to wipe out enough of the base and to wipe out the wisdom class so that knowledge can't continue on and to paralyze the millennial class that was honestly, in my opinion, beginning to wake up into the greater ills of this nation and to replace them with an obedient class because your first-generation voters will vote primarily for for Democrats. It's very important to understand this. Now, in a final note on this before we jump into the, the show tonight. We're also going to have a very special show. I have a number of great interviews coming up. I've got a lot of the Declaration of Military Accountability folks coming on. I'm going to be interviewing one tomorrow. We're also doing another very special interview, and it will come on next week. And I will guarantee you it will be interesting, I hope interesting, and I hope enlightening for everybody to hear. Corey Terry, Special Forces Team Sergeant Retired, is going to come on with his interpreter. His interpreter I spoke with today, Sammy, fantastic guy. He is Muslim. He is going to come on and speak of his love for this country and what he's seeing from the perspective of how evil is manipulating a a religious war, and I and among other things. So I think it's going to be a very interesting week coming up of, of interviews, very interesting perspectives that we have to have because what we have to be building right now is bridges to unite, not not burning bridges to keep us divided, and so we go back to that pivot of the piece I just spoke of and what I've been speaking of. We have to start bringing people into the fold of what it is to be an American. We are not a socialist country. That's part of what they keep selling these people as they come in. There is no possible way that we can export 22 million people. It might sell well when President Trump's on the trail, but it ends up being extremely divisive and unrealistic. If you give a person even six months here to settle in, and it is a family with children, even if those children are not naturalized and you're going to deport them, and you're going to deport them because they're illegal. You are going to cause a major disruption in communities. This is going to create major divide and rift that is not going to heal. There are people that are truly bad and evil and that do not belong here. They need to go away in whatever form we send them home. There are also people, there are children here that are being trafficked and there are people that are being abused in sexual trafficking. They all need to be freed and the children need to be returned to their families. President Trump has said that in, our, in his speech in New Hampshire, and he claimed he would use Section or Title 41 to do that. But there are many people that have settled in here, and whether we like it or not, they are now here. And we have to start coming to grips with that and start taking the responsibility to bring them along to teach them of what the greatness of our nation is. That means we have to get anchored truly in our scriptures and in the functioning of our Constitution, our Declaration of Independence, and our, and our Bill of Rights, they need to learn. If that means we have to get documents translated at first, then let's get them translated. My goodness, who cares? Because at the end of the day, we're going to be able to continue. We're going to have to spread this word. And then one little administrative note, which I just discovered today, which is pretty neat, and I haven't totally figured out where it's going to, when it's going to start, but Apple Podcasts, is now going to automatically start producing a transcript of every podcast, and it will be produced in multi-languages. So there will be a Spanish, English, German, and I can't remember the other language, but there's a number of languages there that it will translate to, and that will be automatic with every podcast on Apple Podcasts, just so you know, okay? So Patriots, without further ado, I'm sure you're all like, okay, Bards, we're ready, and I hope you are. This is Michael Jan. Here we go. Well, Patriots, Really honored to once again have Michael Yon on. He is the probably the expert of the global migration war and immigration war and trying to destabilize countries. He's been all over. I, it's amazing. When I first came across Michael who was back in the Afghanistan and he are actually in the same locations and it took years later until we finally met. But great to have you on, Michael. How are you doing?
3: Thank you. It's great to be on. I'm actually in front of the Panama Canal. That's it, out the window. You might see a ship go by. I just looked in the lock, and I don't see any ship in there. and I don't even see one coming. That's Miraflores Lock out there, and over there is the Pan American Bridge, the, the Pan Am Highway that goes to the United States. And so, interestingly, where I'm sitting at now is Fort Clayton, so all the veterans who are in Panama know exactly where I'm at. This was the old U.S. Army South headquarters, which has now been taken over by more than five dozen NGOs and IGOs and nonprofits, such as uh, IOM. IOM is the the International Organization for Migration. They're, They're part of the United Nations. That's the main engine that's fueling our invasion is IOM. That's funded chiefly by the United States. The person in charge is Amy Pope. She's been in charge for four or five months now. And she brags that the United States is the principal funder of IOM. So the United States is funding our own invasion. People often ask me, they'll go, but yeah, but who's behind it? I'll say United States. And they'll say, but yeah, but actually who? I'll be like, you know, like America, you know, America, United States of America is invading. They're like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. It's just that you don't see it, right? It's actually, it is the truth. It's the fact. It's number, listen, Department of Homeland Security, Mayorkas, right? The chief, Alejandro Mayorkas. He's a Cuban. What I'm going to tell you now is really interesting. He's a Cuban migrant, right? Both of his parents were Jewish. This is. I'm going somewhere with this. I'm not throwing out the J card. I'm saying both of his parents were Jewish. He's a Cuban migrant. He was a board member on Highest, Highest, Highest is the human is the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society, Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society, Highest. Their headquarters is like a few minutes' walk from me right now in Panama City. That's one of their headquarters, right? Hyas he was a board member on HIAS, right? So he's he's a Jewish man, he was a board member on the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society, and you can go to their website as we talk right now and look up and see where HIAS is congratulating him for taking charge of Department of Homeland Security. Now, HIAS is always in these camps I see them all the time when I'm in Darien Gap wearing their vests. They got their signs up. They hand out maps to people, showing them how to get to the United States, helping them with legal uh, counsel and that sort of thing. And they have an office also in Darien. I just took Brett Weinstein and Chris Martinson and some others down to Darien Gap and had them right in front of the highest office, like 10 meters from their—5 meters from their front door— right? The highest camp or highest building down in uh, Darien is right beside China Camp or what they call here San Vicente Camp, right? I call it China Camp because Chinese use that one camp as sort of a bus stop to get to the United States. After you emerge from the Darien Gap and all those sorts of things, you go into a couple of different camps. One is called La Blanca's. I'm there all the time. And another one's called San Vicente. That's the one I call China Camp. China Camp, Alejandro Mayorcas. Remember, the former board member of HIAS, whose Darien headquarters is right beside China Camp, like 40 meters away, 40 yards away from China Camp is Highest building down in Darien. He was a board member. He landed there in four Blackhawks on April 18th, 2022. I had waited for him for four days. He showed up. I've got footage of him, video, still photos. He's inside the camp, and he built up that camp. So he built up that camp former board member of HIAS with their little headquarters right beside it, he came with fistfuls of cash and he built up China camp, right? And the trailers that they're in now, I've been in those trailers and made a lot of video and that sort of thing. Those were bought in China. Those UN trailers, they're Chinese trailers. So American money used Chinese material to build China camp and HIAS is right beside it. Now, when I published this, just a couple days ago and I've been watching highest down there for three years. Uh, 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 one guy, he said, well, I, you know, he's like, I'm a scientist and I don't see the connection between highest and China camp. I'm like, he's like, I need more evidence. I'm like, well, okay, here's footage. Drone shot highest 40 meters away as China camp. He's like, well, that's not evidence. I'm like, okay, you're a freaking moron, dude. I mean, straight up. I mean, I mean, here's their tents inside the camp. Here they are with their vests inside the camp. Here they are handing out maps inside the camp. Highest, that's not evidence. I'm like, okay. I don't know if you are Highest, I don't know if you are uh Department of Homeland Security or if you're just a flaming moron. But at some point, listen, we have to change our hats. We're in a state of war. We don't have time for for absolute, you know, deductive truth on everything. You have to come down and see it. Highest's headquarters in Darien is Right at the front gate of the camp. They have tents in the camp with their name on them. They're in the camp with their vest, right? And people and on their own website, they say they get most of their funding from the United States and they break it down, like who they're getting it from. But he's like, Well, I don't see the connection. Okay, okay, whatever. And that's the that's the prop, that's the type of low density men smoking dope all the time or whatever he's doing that don't get it, they will never get it. These high testosterone men who are coming through the Darien Gap, I assure you. Well, the low testosterone men in America are sitting around going, well, I still don't get it. Let me get a thicker cover. You know what I mean? These high testosterone men are going to come into your house. They're going to kick your front door down. They're going to chop off your head like you and I saw in Af- Afghanistan and Iraq and other places. And they're going to kick your head right down the road like a soccer ball. That's how they roll. These are very serious men. They don't play games. We got Hezbollah coming in every single freaking day. Hezbollah is thick in Venezuela, right? They speak Spanish, they speak Spanish fluently. Many of them were born in in Venezuela. They have huge Hezbollah presence in Venezuela. Probably the most dangerous terrorist organization to the United States in the world is Hezbollah, right? Not little Hamas, it's Hezbollah, right? And they are thick in this country as well. In fact, they blew up an airplane here in 1994 in Panama killed about almost two dozen people, about I think 12 were Jewish. I had lunch with one of the family members um a few weeks, maybe a month ago here in Panama. And I mean he, I mean his family got blown up on the airplane, three of them. And and within one day of that, there was another attack down in Argentina, it killed like 84, 85 Jewish or hit a Jewish center. I'm not sure they were all Jewish, but it killed killed a lot 84, 85, you can find it online 1994, right? And, and that was Hezbollah. Now the mastermind of the Law attack here in Panama is believed to be in Venezuela now, and he runs a bar. You can't even make up this stuff, right? This is like Tom Clancy crap, right? I mean, but it's true, right? I mean, this is this, they, and if you fly, if you're Iranian and you fly to 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 uh, Venezuela right now, they'll give you a passport on arrival, right? There's at least 41 countries that can fly into. Uh, to Colombia right now, and you get a visa on arrival to tra- a transit visa, right? So, I mean, this is quite serious. This is, th- we're, we're being flooded with people from at least 150 countries. Many of those are Chinese who go to grow marijuana and they sell this marijuana. Or they're, A lot of them are very serious people. You can, you just have to come see me. It's like uh, seeing me down in Darien. It's like, you know, I just had, again, Brett Weinstein down here. He did, did like a year and a half study down here in Panama. He got his phd work down here actually did his phd work if you go on this canal and go that direction for about 30 minutes by boat he was on this island called Barrow, colorado that's where he did his phd work on tent bats and these uh, bats that make tents anyway but the bottom line is and i said to brett when he was down here you know now that his eyes were opening up when he was seeing these things right and he's historically been progressive and that sort of thing but he's been waking up very quickly right and um Still got a little progressive going in him but it, it I think it's coming out of him right and um and uh and uh, and uh, and I said to Brett I said you know me explaining what's happening on the border or in the Darien Gap or these sorts of things it's like you were explaining the jungle there goes the train the the Panama Canal train you might hear it it's running a lot now because the lake's so low and and, and this is causing shipping problems so they're loading a lot on that train so it'll be it'll be finished in a minute Anyway, um, uh, so they're loading up cargo on one side of the canal and taking it to the other and putting it back on the ships, right? So, um, because the the lake's too up. But anyway, so uh, I said to Brett, we were out there on the canal and in the jungle, and we talked about it numerous times. Explaining what's happening down here is like you, Brett, explaining what's happening, like what a jungle is. You can't explain to people what a jungle is. What's a jungle, a place with a lot of trees and vines and snakes and birds and rain and, you know, mud? And, you know, it's like, you just gotta go, man. You cannot explain what a jungle is. You you, you, you It just doesn't do it. You have to go and, spelt and smell it and feel it and walk in it, and you know, and, and spend night after night in it. Then you start to see, oh, this thing is living. It's breathing. It's immense. Nobody runs the jungle. The jungle runs the jungle, right? And and God runs the jungle. You know, it, it's very similar with what's happening with this invasion. There is no one person who runs it. It's a lot of ecosystems that have been cobbled together, especially by the United Nations under the WEF, World Economic Forum, and Chinese Communist Party are colluding. Uh, and underneath that, you've got all these NGOs and IGOs, about five dozen of them right here at Fort Clayton, former Fort Clayton. It's called the City of Knowledge now, Ciudad de Salabar, right? That's right. I'm in it. I'm literally talking to you from the City of Knowledge. I'm literally talking to you from the old U.S. Army South headquarters. And, and then that headquarters is here because that's the canal. That's the Pan-American Bridge out there. You can see it. The Thatcher Ferry Bridge, for those who are old-timers here. And then the Miraflores Locks is right out this window, like you could see it if, if I put the camera to the window. But, so this this is a... One of the most vital pieces of terrain on Earth, I'm talking to you from it. This is it. It doesn't look like much, but that's a artery to the United States right there. And that that bridge just down there that I can see out my window, that is the main artery, that is the artery that the people from South America are going over to get to the United States, except for the ones who fly, right? The one, But the ones who come through the Darien Gap, they get on buses down at China Camp and another camp called La Blanca's. And a few other little places, and they come right over that bridge, right there. And IOM, the 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 international organization for migration, their headquarters, if I could turn this window ninety degrees, is right here, about four or five minutes walk away. They've got a perfect view of the the locks. They got a perfect view of the bridge and the canal, and they've got their flag flies over the city. Their flag, IOM flag, now flies where the U.S. United States flag used to fly. They've literally taken over our base. Last Saturday, they had a 25-year celebration of this being the city of knowledge because the United States uh, Army pulled out, or let's say the military pulled out in 1999, literally built this place up even more before we left, and then literally left the keys in the door and like, this is yours. You know, this is now belongs to Panama. This is our canal. The globalist, Carter, with his face, actually gave this away. This is our canal. We built this thing. This thing opened in 1914, built it with blood, sweat, and tears, billions of dollars, and now it's slowly, slowly being taken over by China. The Panamanians can't see it. Most of the Americans down here can't see it, but I can because I spent years watching China. There's Chinese offices like seven minutes' walk from me. Right here, that direction, seven minutes' walk. You can be at the like Confucius Institutes right here, right? Yesterday, I saw a truck go by with the China aid. You know, we got USAID. I see that sign in Armenia. I see it in Georgia, like the country of Georgia. I see it here. I see the China aid. It's like USAID. That's like they, they are taking over slowly but surely all these vital terrains such as Panama. They're working very hard on El Salvador. I was just up there. You can see the China aid up on the seven floor library downtown San Salvador. I was just in that library with Masako Ganaha. Seven floors high, man. It's a brainwashing center. It's mostly video games and that sort of thing. So in this, I was just up in San Salvador looking at this. You can see this library, and it's got the Chinese flag flying right out front, the red flag. You know what I mean? It's right it's right up downtown San Salvador, the capital of El Salvador. Seven floor, new library, not completely opened yet, but I got a tour we spent all afternoon there into the evening there's a restaurant on the top seventh floor we had you know whatever it was sushi or whatever it was there and and but as you go through this library it's all about brainwashing the, like i kept saying where's the mathematics section where's the physics and where's the mba stuff and where's the time man, where's the where's the hardcore stuff history and, and it's mostly like harry potter and game of thrones and all this bullshit they got all these video games you They got these real big screen uh, video games, and uh, it's open 24-7, even on Christmas, New Year's, it's open, right? It's always open. They give you what's called a a key to knowledge. That's interesting, because this is the city of knowledge that I'm in now, but up in El Salvador, it's called a key to knowledge. That's your library card, right? And so in order to play the video games, you have to to, uh, read a book, read a book for 30 minutes, and then they give you a... Quick test on the book, and then you can play a video game for an hour. Now imagine what book they're going to give them. Now, I mean, as we go through this so-called library, it's mostly like play stuff. It's mostly like on the I think it was the fifth floor or the sixth floor. I think it was the fifth. It doesn't matter. But if you go up there, you'll see it's a floor for 14 to 24 year olds. I'm like 14 to 24 year olds. How did you group that group? I, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know the difference between a 14-year-old and a 24-year-old is like the difference between, you know, a monkey and a dolphin. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's like, you know, they're like, but it's the same section. It's the same Batman and stuff. It's all about, it's just junk food for, it's it's the whole you'll own nothing and be happy type stuff, right? It's the whole, you just play your games and don't learn mathematics, don't learn any real history, just read this stuff from the Chinese Communist Party. You do your little work, you'll get fed, and you'll be happy. You just be a good little slave. When we tell you to take the jab for your own good, you'll take it, right? You'll take it or you'll die, right? You know what I mean? It's, that, it's silver or lead. And that's what's happening everywhere we go, including in the United States. Anyway, I could go on for hours, as you can see, because this is all I do is run around to different countries like Guatemala, Belize. Uh, uh, Belize has a big IOM office. There's not many aliens going through Belize right now. But I'm going to tell you, when IOM comes and builds a big office there, they didn't build it, but it looks like they took one over. It's about, how many floors is that? Four or five? About five, maybe. Anyway, it, you can. Uh, I went by it several times and walked by it and all that. But when IOM sets up shop in your country, that's like death knocking on your door, man. I mean, they're getting ready. They're building a lot of infrastructure in Belize now. Not the IOM's doing it, but a lot of infrastructure is being built. It's interesting when you go, I spent about, I don't know, less than two weeks in Belize, but went talk with Mennonites and things like that. Masako interviewed the Taiwanese ambassador. I was there. And um, when you go to Belize, if you go across the border into Mexico, the first no, that that was me knocking on the table. <laughs> then when you go to the first, uh, I it thought it might be the Cleveland Lake. But when you when you when you go into Mexico across the border from Belize, uh, the first big store you run into is a Sam's, right? And then you, and I, I had to get an SD card for something, and and uh, and you have to get you had to pay like I don't remember like a hundred dollars or something for a Sam's card, something like that, you know. And I'm like ah, let's just go to Walmart. So you go to Walmart, and then there's all these, there's Starbucks and all this stuff. What I'm getting to is, when you're you're doing this migration route, invasion route, when you're in places like El Salvador, Honduras, Guatemala, I mean, you're going by Starbucks after Starbucks after Starbucks, McDonald's, Taco Bell, Walmart, hey, there's another Walmart. You land at the airport in Honduras, and one of the first signs you see after you leave the airport is for Walmart. You know what I'm saying? And they're like, oh, these poor, desperate people starving to death. They're broken down to cannibalism. Yeah, right after they left Taco Bell, right? So, I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's just not the truth. It's factually untrue. Keep in mind, I want to reiterate, I spend most of my time out of the United States. More than roughly two-thirds or more of my life has been downrange in almost 100 countries. So when I'm out with these aliens coming through, when they tell me where they're from, I've been to most of their countries. Like you see, I spent a year in Nepal. I see Nepalese coming through and they're like, Oh, I'm like, where are you from? They'll say, Oh, I'm from Pokhara or whatever. I'm like, Oh, Pokhara, why are you here? I was in Pokhara many times, right? And 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 and, and I'm like, Well, oh, why are you coming here? They're like, Oh, you know, in Pokhara, there's a war. I'm like, bullshit, there's no war in Pokhara. I used to go there for fun. You know, it's like, you know, I know Pokhara very well, right? And it's like it's, it's 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 the same everywhere. I spent a year in India too, and I spent a year running around China. You go to Shanghai, you should see Shanghai. You know, it's like it's it's like a, it's a it's a huge Shanghai is more like New York than New York is. And I tell you, it, it's just Shanghai is a big, huge, bright, bustling city. And yet you see all these people coming in from Shanghai and Fujian and all these different places where I've been. And they're like, oh, it's terrible. It's like, oh, yeah, okay. You're supposed to be this ultra country, China, and suddenly you're coming through, and these people totally look like MSS or something like that to me. MSS is uh, Ministry of State Security. That's like their CIA, right? Or MPS, uh, Ministry of Public Security, sort of like their FBI. Those are the the people that run the Chinese police stations in, like, New York, Dublin. You you see the one busted in New York late last year in 2020 or Dublin, we've been to that one a couple times, London, all these different Chinese police stations. The people that run those police stations are MSS, that's their CIA, right? MPS, that's like their FBI, and the United Front, right? Those are the people that run it, right? These are the people. They literally have Chinese police stations overtly or covertly all over the place. That's why you see Chinese coming in. They're very, they are enforcers, right? If you They literally have police and informants all over the United States now. So the Chinese don't toe the line, they'll smoke your ass, right? And this is no joke. They've kidnapped people right out of Thailand and openly said it. Just look online. China kidnapped people Thailand. China actually admits to it. They kidnapped them out of Thailand and took them up to—not Taiwan. Americans mix up Thailand and Taiwan all the time. But Thailand, right? They took them out of Thailand and took them up to China. It was these book owners from Hong Kong, the bookstore owners from Hong Kong. One of them was a bookstore. I've been to that bookstore. They were selling books in Hong Kong. They were selling bookstore. They were selling books in Hong Kong. They were uh, critical of the Chinese Communist Party and Xi and all that stuff. Went over to Thailand, I think for vacation, scarfed up, sent to China, right? I mean, they'll they'll get you, right? And, And we openly allow this to happen. Now, there was a big sort of kayfabe when the United States busted that police station in New York. But I assure you, they're out there operating. They're operating, and they're the China is setting up meta structures all over the world. Like when I'm over in Armenia or Georgia or United States or Ireland, they've got these meta structures. By meta structures, I mean they have a shadow government, right? And it's increasingly strong. Now, Chinese Communist Party demands. They demand. Allegiance to the Chinese Communist Party if you have Chinese genes, right? If you have Chinese genes, they demand your allegiance to the Chinese Communist Party. Now, they're trying to persuade all kinds of people all over the world that you're Chinese. For instance, up in Honduras, they're doing archaeological digs up there and they're saying, look, the Mayan people are related to Chinese. And the Chinese came across the land bridge, you know, 30,000 years ago or whatever. And all these Native Americans, North, South, Central America, all the way down to the tip of South America, Tierra del Fuego, they're all Chinese descendants, right? And they're saying, like, you Mayan people, when these dangerous white people came, the Spaniards, and took your land, and the Germans and everybody else, you're our Chinese cousins, right? And they're demanding—first of all, they do these archaeological digs, they have museums, they come out with articles and songs, and they invite people to China, you know, the leaders and that sort of thing— and they get them all, yeah, we're going to take our lands back, and they demand allegiance from people, right? They're, right now, the Chinese Communist Party is working hard to try to persuade Mayan people that they're Chinese descendants, right? And Mayans, there's like tons of Mayans in places like Guatemala and Honduras, right? Uh-oh. And, um. oh let me hang that up. Sorry about that. That thing should have been turned off. Let me turn the volume down. So if it rings again. So sorry about that. My apology. So uh but the so that so what they're doing is uh the information war again, the, the PhD level of warfare is information war. It's the information war that allows our borders to stay open. Oh, you want to close borders, you're a racist. Uh, oh, you disagree with Israel, you're anti-Semite, anti-Jew, right? You disagree with uh, we shouldn't be uh getting involved in every war in the world, you don't want to you don't want to, uh, you know, get involved in the Ukraine war. You know, oh, so then you're pro-Russia. You know what I mean? It's information war. And most people actually fall for it. They don't want to be called pro-Russian. They don't want to be called anti-Semite. They don't want to be called anti-Jew. They don't want to be called racist. They don't. Wanna, it's funny. You know, Sotomayor, one of the Supreme Court justices, is coming to Panama, I believe, tomorrow to visit her friend, Aponte, who is the—, who is the um, who is the uh, ambassador? U.S. Ambassador here. Both of them are ultra woke, as you know, right? And mm-hmm. and uh, it's funny how these Hispanic women—they will be very quick. They're like the the white women who can be super liberal. Not all, of course. Many are highly conservative. Bless your heart. And <laughs> and uh, and uh, but there are, as we know, many that are just like wind-up hand grenades. They're like you wind them up and they go explode somewhere, right? They're like jihadists, right? And, and a lot of the Hispanic women can be like this as well. And they get on to white men. They're like, ah, da, 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 the white not just white men, but white people. And I'm like, hold on, ceasefire, Rambo. You're from the conquistadors. You're from the inquisitors. Yeah, Sotomayor, the Supreme Court justice, and Aponte, right? Yeah, you're like, you're trying to make it look like we're the big imperialists, but you're Spanish, man. You're of Spanish descent. You're the one that did a lot of this stuff, right? I mean, it's like you're the inquisitors like you know you're the literally conquistadors but this is what i'm getting to is the, is the information war the informa- not i don't want to fight everybody we are now close allies and friends and we intermarry and we've all got hispanic family and friends and like deeply entwined with deep friendships friendships that go to literal blood right i mean we're deeply uh, entwined together and But at the same time, they're trying to make us fight each other. They're trying to make the Hispanics, La Raza, think that they're above everybody in the world. Trying to make Black Lives Matter think that they're the ultra people. Trying to make the Jews think that they're God's chosen people. Trying to make the Chinese think that they're like above and beyond. You should see how the Chinese study the Jews, man. I mean, they're they're totally trying to manipulate Jews, and they're very, very good at it. You know, they 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 anthropologically study and, and pick apart and look for the weaknesses and and the and, and how to how to how to anyway. I could go into this for hours, but you you know that Aretha Aretha Franklin song, Who's Zooming Who? Mm-hmm. You know, you got some cultures that think that they can be like that ant fungus that takes over an ant and takes over the colony and makes the ants do its work. You got cultures that do that, right? You got cultures that are like fungi to other cultures, and then you got a fungi for the fungi, right? Like the Chinese are trying to zoom the Jews, right? And they're open about it. And the and the Mongolians are like, hey, we can zoom the Chinese. And the Chinese are like, we can zoom the Koreans. And the Koreans are like, we can just zoom the Japanese and the Chinese. You know, <laughs> it's like whatever. Sometimes I just play that song for people, and I say, when you look at information more at the higher level, the people that do it at the PhD level, they study you anthropologically very deeply, right? Like they're at the atomic structure level. And and they learn your weaknesses and your strengths. I'll call you a racist. And you'll be like, oh, don't call me a racist because they know that's the, that's the funny bone or like the not so funny bone, right? And and, and and it works because they've studied it, They've experimented it, they've floated the balloons and they see that it works. And then it, and the next thing you know, we got our borders wide open and we're being invaded, right? And then people are afraid to defend themselves. You got all these movies coming out now that have been coming out for years now that literally are about black people killing evil white people in the United States, right? And it's coming, it's coming. Never underestimate information war. Always study your enemy's information war. Who's doing this? Who's trying to split men from women in the United States? Who's trying to split blacks from whites, Hispanics from blacks, Hispanics from whites, Asians from everybody, as if Asian's a group. I was out with Andy Noah about a year or so ago in London and, uh, and and it's funny. Andy's he's a, he's a relatively smart guy, but he's like you know he, he mentioned something to me like you don't you don't understand you're not Asian. I'm like you're not Asian, man. You're American. You're what they call a banana, yellow on the outside, white on the inside. What do you know about Vietnamese? You don't know anything. You don't even speak Vietnamese. You know? It's like I've been all over Asian. I spent like 18 years in Asia. I've been to 25 Asian countries. Right? I'm more Asian than you do. Every time i every time I'm over in Asia. And somebody says, well, you don't understand Asia. And they'll be like Korean or something. I'm like, where have you been around Asia? Korea? I mean, guess what? Do you speak Tagalog? Do you speak Bahasa? Do you speak Thai? Do you speak Mandarin, Cantonese, Fujianese, you know, Hindi, Urdu? I mean, Asia is like a coral reef of people and languages, right? And so so what they'll try to do in the information war is group people like Asians— as if that's a grouping, I, I assure you that Dalit Indians are not freaking Mandarin Ch- speaking Chi- Han Chinese, right? They're not Fujianese. They're not Cantonese speakers from Hong Kong, right? It's like, they're they're very different, right? It, but if the people that d- do information were at a high level, they pick these things apart at an atomic structure. First, they'll try to divide us on the larger scale, like Caucasians versus Asians, Caucasians versus black people, you know, Hispanic versus whatever. But then internally within the Spanish speakers, they start dividing them up as well. Mm. It'll be like, you know, the 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 Spanish speakers versus the Portuguese speakers or whatever, you know, it goes on and on and on. And, and so th- before you know it, everybody's atomized, right? And nobody will cooperate with anybody and we're all fighting each other and they dominate us.
0: Where do you see this going in the United States? Cause this is getting really bad right now.
3: Total war. That's why I came back to the United States in what, August of 2020. That previous 20 years before that, you know, when you and I are in Afghanistan, I spent most of my time that last 20 years in different wars and conflicts, right? And, and before that, mostly overseas as well. But when it came to 2020, I'm like, you know what? My country is about to go into a civil war. So I flew straight back to Portland, and I was out with those monkeys of Antifa. They're, again, little wind-up hand grenades, drug addicts. When you go to the antifa guys they got their big hoop earrings you know nose rings and they work as baristas and crap they get low wattage people i went to that red house in in in, in uh in portland by the way right mm-hmm. and they got a veggie and I, I got photos of this actually right here and as so i went to this uh red house that they had taken over right i walked in there with masako ganaha they have a refrigerator it's a veggie refrigerator so we open up the refrigerator. It's got like eggs and cheese and hot dogs and chicken. But on the front, it I, I'll send you the photos. We're like, okay. So anyway, <laughs> a bunch of dope smoking morons, right? Bottom line, but they think they're all, they're on a mission. I mean, you know, there was and about 1879, I think it was um, maybe it was 1883 or 17 or 1883. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. But uh 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 uh. Grant, President Grant was over in uh, Paris, and he was talking to some Chinese guy and, and somebody else. And I found this in his autobiography, I think, or maybe in, I found it in his papers, I don't recall. But anyway, he's talking about in every country, there's this class of neer wells basically, uh, that are just always up for trouble, right? And and they, they, all they do basically is be sorry-ass people. And then some guy comes along who wants to use them. He's more eloquent than me. He's President Graham. Man, that guy was smart. And also, the the co-author of his autobiography was Samuel Clemens, you know. Uh, So, I mean, so it's an incredible autobiography. And so, but he, 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 I think I found it in the autobiography. But he talks about there's always this class of people that are up for trouble. And it just takes some low-class politician to come wind them up. And then they'll just do anything right? They don't need any cause for trouble. And that's exactly what Black Lives Matter is. That's exactly what Atifa is. It's the same thing. It's the same little blob of protoplasm that gets wound up, low wattage, non-intelligent. Look, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff right now, C.Q. Brown, is a black four-star general, super racist, openly Black Lives Matter. He's the dumbest general I've ever seen. He should not even be a general, right? And yet, he's openly Black Lives Matter. Think of the danger that presents for our country when the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff is openly Black Lives Matter. I mean, he will absolutely use the military to kill white folks. Listen, I studied cults extensively in India and other places. I infiltrated one cult in California and lived with them. It was unbelievable, it was a huge education. I learned a lot of things about cults. I got on the cult trail when I was in Special Forces when people like, you have to study world religions, you should study cults and all these things. I'm like, cults? What does that have to do with smoking Russians? But anyway, he's like, uh, uh, a couple things I've learned. You'll never see the cult you're in. You'll never see it. You'll see everybody else's cult, like that poor guy, he's in a cult, look at him. And, And there's nothing that people in a cult will not do. Nothing, nothing. They will put jabs into their children and put it on Instagram. That's the equivalent of chopping off your kid's head and rolling it down the Aztec steps, right? That's literally human sacrifice. That was literally human sacrifice. We had people all over America and Europe jabbing their kids. I'm not going to call it a vaccine because these aren't vaccines. They're whatever they are. They're weapons, right? They're literally doing cult-like behavior. It's cult behavior. You know, let let me show Moloch, you know, what I'm doing I'm offering my child, uh, you know, it's like feeding the children to the crocodiles down in the Sundarbans. You ever been to the Sundarbans? That's a straight up jungle. The people feed children to crocodiles down there. I don't know if they still do it. I'm sure it's illegal now. But I mean, this is a, we saw people literally just recently jabbing their children because, or encouraging their children to get sex changes, right? That's total cult behavior. There's nothing they won't do. C.Q. Brown, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, clearly, is in a racist cult, right? Clearly, there is absolutely nothing he will not do. How many of our other generals are in this cult or in related cults, right? Abbott is in the World Economic Forum, an open cult, a depopulation cult, an invasion of the United States and Europe cult. That These are the things that they're doing. Abbott is invading our own country. Abbott is an actual enemy of the United States Governor Abbott is more dangerous than Hamas and Hezbollah. Hezbollah is arguably the most dangerous crim- uh, criminal and a terrorist organization in the world for Americans and Jews. Right, uh, whether it's Jews wherever and in America or just Americans in general. Hezbollah—they're very capable, very smart, very brave, very dedicated, and ideological. And they got money. Right, they got they got meta structure everywhere, right here in this country. I'll guarantee there's Hezbollah within one mile of me, right? They are serious people, right? Abbott is more dangerous. Abbott is clearly more dangerous. Abbott is literally like a commanding general for the World Economic Forum, keeping the Texas border open while pretending, here we are at the National Guard again, rubber duckies in the Rio Grande. We're putting up containers. Uh, We're unfurling a little bit of concertina wire. It's a clown act. Meanwhile, he took buses and Injected them deeper into our heart up in New York and whatnot. And some of my conservative uh, uh, Texas friends, I spent a lot of time in Texas. I love Texas, and and many of them bought off on it. It now they don't buy it. They don't. They see through it now. But you know, when 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 Abbott was sending busloads of people to New York, they're like, yeah, he's teaching the the Blue Devils exactly what's going on. He's giving them a taste of their own mess. And I'm like, listen, Abbott is one of them. He's zooming you right. He's injecting the poison deeper into our hearts while he's clearing the decks for more to come in. They're getting into the United States. Guess what? New York is part of the United States. Massachusetts, California, they're part of the United States. Millions are coming in, and Abbott's helping them while pretending like I'm teaching them a lesson. No, he's teaching you a lesson. He's going to kill your ass, right? That's what he's doing. And 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 we have that in Arizona, we have that in New Mexico, we have that in California, and every blue hell has that, right? In Texas, Abbott pretends to be red, but he's clearly part of the problem. He is an enemy of the United States.
0: So what we're looking at here, and the magnitude of this invasion is huge because it's it's really touching just about every community right now in the United States. We have we have fighting age males well-trained and organized that are coming across at a level of these, these are operators at a high level that are in, in our country that are organizing and they're funded and well-funded. What do you see now as the pivot that's going to be able to change this?
3: Well, it ain't going to be pretty. Uh, let me put a light on. i see the light died. Uh, the um, it, It's very clear. We already have tens of millions of these guys in the country. Uh, nobody knows how many. It's clearly not millions. It's clearly in the tens of millions. How many? I don't know. I just don't know. And uh, nobody does. We can see that they're flooding over the border. A lot of these guys were intent, right? They're going into their own ecosystems. Uh, Look what a handful of guys did, or allegedly did, on 9-11. You know, who who all was behind that handful? I don't know. But clearly, look what happened on 9-11 with a small, actually operational contingent, right? Look what could happen. I, I I don't want to start the 9/11 argument because there's some there are some mysteries there, and uh, and quite strange. Uh, but I I don't know the details of that because uh, after 9/11 I went straight off. Well, not didn't go straight, but I ended up in the wars for years, and and then all these controversies kept coming out, and I'm, I was too too much in combat to pay attention. But now that I've come out the other side of that, we're in this other war now. It's actually the same war. It's a it's a it's a different morphological structure. An evolution of the same war, right? Mm. Uh, like, I can see that now. If you told me all this back when I first went to Iraq, I'd be like, I think you're out of your mind. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, I, I remember when I was younger and anti vax people, I used to think they were crazy. Nothing. They were actually just a little bit smarter than I was, like a lot smarter, right? I mean, they actually saw it for what it was. Mm. I found this book, I've got it right here from 1889 about the smallpox vaccine, right? And that book from 1889 could have been written this morning. You read this book, I love old books because I read a lot of, I I read a lot. I read a lot of books, old books, new books. Mostly I like old books because with the old books, they're safely removed from our politics, right? And I can see patterns more clearly, right? I can say, wow, this was happening in 1742 or whatever. You know, the yellow fever outbreak, 1793 up in uh, Philadelphia, it's very similar, to or the Molokai uh, you know, leper colony and all these things you read about the old stuff. It's the same thing going on now that was then, right? Like, for instance, the um, the 1889 book on the smallpox vaccine. If you just change the names, change the dates, it all happened this morning. It's like I could literally go through there and uh, and use word search and, you know, find the dates and names and change them. And you you'd think, wow, somebody just wrote that during the... Uh, during the recent pandemic when people were fighting against the, the death jabs.
0: So this thing has been going on, obviously, and then right now we've got a crisis. Trump is talking about the uh, if he gets reelected, which however that's working on, it seems like it probably will happen. He's talking about a closing of the border and a massive, massive exodus of these immigrants. But this that type of movement is huge. It's not even practical.
3: It could be done. It will just take a lot of effort. Not all. We'll never get everybody out. But And they're having babies right now. First of all, we have to rewrite, we have to reinterpret, accurately interpret. Just because you're born in America to your alien parents who sneak in, you're all going back, right? Period. I mean, if you came from India, you came from China, these wonderful countries, they're always telling everybody how wonderful. I spent a year in India. I spent a year in China. I spent a year in Nepal. I spent, again, most of my life overseas, right? And they can't bullshit me that all these countries are living hells. You know, they're simply not. You got Americans moving down to Guatemala all the time. You got Americans moving to Mexico all the time. You got Americans moving to Panama and Ecuador and Colombia, right? Somebody I was in Iraq with is now living down in Colombia, right? He loves Colombia. He would never leave, right? I mean, this idea that all these places are living hell is complete bullshit. I mean, it's, it's just not true, right? And and the, and the most of the people coming across— uh, we, they're, they're of no use to America and that is important to us. Most, a lot of the people coming across are not literate in any language. They're not even literate in their. when I ask them, can you read you know in your language? you know there's a lot of people coming over that don't they couldn't read in Swahili, you know <laughs> they just they, they certainly can't read in French or English or, or any access language like Spanish. They can't read in, in, in anything. and and most of the people coming across can't speak English at all. So what you're doing here is you're creating uh, structures, for instance, across Europe and the United States that are atomized and they can be controlled, right? right. They can easily be controlled because this is Tower of Babel stuff, right? Kill the farmers in Netherlands or get them off their farms. Germany, get rid of them. Fishermen, right? Same in Netherlands. I've been out with the fishermen and the farmers in Netherlands and Germany, blah, blah, blah. You get these people, you break their back. You don't have to knock them all out or kill them all. You just break their back, get the critical mass, and then you start running the table, right? They're flooding all these countries with aliens. They're incompatible, and 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 none of them have critical mass. So they're easy to control, right? They're easy to control because none of them, it's not, okay, some Afghans can cause some trouble or whatever, kill a bunch of Somalis or whatever, but. The globalists don't care. Go ahead, kill them. Right. So they don't care. I mean, because the bottom line is they just need enough to keep their machine working going. Once they've got everybody at a low enough critical mass that nobody's in control, they can control them all. Right. Anybody gets out of line, they'll smoke them. Right. There's a lot of ways to smoke people, as you know. Mm. But we got modern, you know, these smart cities. That's not, those are prisons. That's prisons. Right. They're developed, you know, facial recognition that we have now on our own phones and everything else. Is that, uh, you know, uh this is very serious, what's what's unfolding. We're clearly going into global war. It's it's clearly like literally like right out of the Bible type stuff. And I started to realize it's like a the Bible turns out to be a survival manual, I think. You know, it's like it's like a lot of this stuff is, you know, I was talking about three or four years, three years ago, I guess, about pandemic, famine, war. Mm-hmm. As a war correspondent, I studied famine a lot, pandemic a lot, because these things can always go together. They're like the triangle of death, right? So it must have been about three years ago. I was talking about that because I started warning about famine in about January of 2020, right? And I I started warning about it intensely in like February, March, April, because it's clear that conditions are being set now for large famines. We will end up going into these things. It's very clear. But so I was on this interview, and one of my readers said, you always talk about pan for war, pandemic famine war as if you made it up. And I said, I did. She goes, no, it's in the Bible, the Four Horsemen. I'm like, yikes, I plagiarized the Bible. I mean, it's literally, that's probably where I got it from and forgot. You know what I mean? You know, because the Four Horsemen, you know, (laughs) pandemic, famine, war, and death, or people argue about what the fourth one is. But I mean, but the bottom line is, they knew about it 2,000 years ago. It's just that I read so much about war and pandemic and famine that every time I see a big famine or a big pandemic or a big war, I see the other two. I'm not talking about a small famine on an island somewhere. I'm talking about a big famine, like a million people die, that sort of thing. You'll always get pandemic and you'll you'll get typhus, for instance. You'll get what's called famine, fevers, one of them's typhus, epidemic typhus specifically, not marine typhus or... uh, or scrub typhus, but the one that's spread by lice, right? It's epidemic typhus, right? So, I mean, an epidemic typhus, by the way, is endemic to California and Texas. So once we, like a lot of these drug addict camps and whatnot at Skid Row, if you've ever been to Skid Row, I went there last year again. I mean, that has got to be typhus central. And in fact, if you look up typhus in Los Angeles, you'll see cases uh, occasionally reported. And, you know, you can get those things just walking through. Remember the game Cooties when you are yeah. a kid? Oh, yeah. Cooties is actually an old English term for lice, right? Okay, so you're teaching kids to avoid typhus. You're actually ch- teaching when you're, oh, he's got cooties, she's got cooties. They're actually teaching you how to avoid lice. It's an old game. A lot of these games you play as a child are actually teaching games, of course, hide and seek. Everybody needs Hide and seek is a very important game for kids to learn how to play. You know, sooner or later, it can be really, really important to be able to hide and seek, right? And to be able to do both. So all these games have and and cooties was specifically because lice, you know, are still out there. And, and interestingly, about I don't know, two or three years ago, I saw this uh p- uh uh pediatric website was talking about children who have lice at school should no longer be sent home. That's absolutely insane. That's like over the top. That's like children with you know machine guns should not be sent home from school. It's like, <laughs> hey, you know. So it's give us fine a- to have guns but you know I don't want kids bringing hand grenades to school it's just kind of a bad idea, you know it's like you know our coming to school with lice is a hugely bad idea for every reason in the world, right but this is that sort of woke mind game oh well if you send kids home with lice it's because you're a racist. I'm like whatever psycho go get your sex change or whatever but the kids need to go home with the lice and if you're throwing that you know, you're a racist on me then you're basically, human trash, and I don't want to talk with you anymore. Go talk with the hands, right? And that's the way we need to talk with these people. Don't argue with them. Just give them the hand. Say, get out of my face, trash. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It doesn't work if you don't accept it, if you don't argue with them, if you don't accept, well, I'm not a racist. I got black friends. I'm not a racist. I got Jewish friends. It's like, get out of my face. Get out of my face with that trash. You know, Ben Shapiro, Throws the anti-Semite grenade every time somebody disagrees with him. He'd be like, "Whoa, you're an anti-Jew, an anti-Semite." I'm like, "No, but you're actually creating that." You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like every time somebody disagrees with you, it doesn't mean they're anti-Semite or anti-Jew. But when you throw that hand grenade and people actually run from the hand grenade instead of picking it up and throwing it right back at them, they just keep throwing them and it keeps working. Frag out. You know what I mean? It's like you know, it's like uh, it's time to. Hold up your hand and say no moss. No moss. Not not accepting it.
0: I'm looking at your time, because you're your on your schedule today. Um, what is the place people can find you?
3: Oh, it is uh I'm on X every day, except when I'm in the jungle. There's a few days I go without putting anything up. Uh and um on um Substack and on locals, right? And I just actually Mostly, I just talk on interviews because I don't have time to publish much because I'm I'm force multiplying, right? That's why I just took Brett Weinstein and Chris Martinson and um, Masako and Ann Vandersteel and and actually Chuck doesn't need anybody to take him; he's a force of nature himself. Everybody I take is a force of nature, but I'm uh, but I'm taking them so that they can see this and tell their millions of readers and followers, right? right. Uh, and that's what we all need to do: force multiply, right? show people what you've got and encourage them to replicate themselves, right? Like Anthony Good. Rubin, I took into the Darien Gap and now he's reaching huge audiences, right? And, and and he's doing a great job. He did a documentary recently, muckraker.com, muckraker.com. He and I went into Darien quite a lot, Darien Gap, and then we went across Texas all the way to California on the border. Now, he's a young guy and I was just showing him all these things and, and now, he's, now he's off on his own. I mean, he's self-ignited, He's reaching millions of people, and uh, and that's what we. And I just encourage Anthony all the time: replicate yourself quickly. You know, (laughs) get married, have babies, and also uh, take other young people out with you. Tell them: don't smoke dope, don't be crazy. We're in a state of war right now. We don't have time to be watching the Simpsons. You know, we need to uh, and, and and purge your ranks of any cowards. There goes the Pan American train. Purge your ranks of any cowards because cowards are natural traitors. Cowards will sell you out. Identify cowards, purge your ranks. I mean, it's like battle stations, battle
0: stations. Get ready. It's on. It's game on. 100%. Well, Michael, let me give a prayer for you, and then I'll let you get on because I know you've got a call here in the next couple of minutes. Father, I just want to thank you for Michael Jan. He's just really a blessing and what he's dedicated his life to, to literally bring us truth in a very, very critical time. Just ask that you'll continue to bless him and guide him. We give him all the resources necessary that just to lift him up truly as a great voice and continue to let his voice resonate with the hearts of men and to raise up the mighty men of God. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen.
3: Amen. Amen.
0: Pleasure Thank having you on, man. It's awesome. Always good.
3: See you back in Texas.
0: Yeah, Will. Hey, real quick, um,
3: do yeah. you have a Founder's Bible? Uh,
0: no. I'm I gonna, don't. Okay, you want one, and I'm going to tell you why, because that is the it is literally the equivalent of the Gutenberg Bible for our time. Because it's written. Oh, I'll pick
3: it up in Texas.
0: Yeah, I'll get you. I'll get one to you. I'm, I'm I'll get it in Texas. I'll send it to Pete. He'll have it for you.
3: Yeah, Pete just messaged me. He's going on Alex Jones, and he's going on, um, and he's going on Tucker. He said.
0: Yeah. So I want to get you one because it's written with all of our founding documents in the Bible. So I mean, you can literally oh. see how they were thinking. It's really fantastic.
3: Oh, I, I want to see this.
0: Yeah. So I'll get you. I'll have Pete get you a copy. I'll make sure he's got one for you.
3: Thank you, sir. All I'll right. see you in Texas. All right.
0: Bless you. Talk to you soon, man. Goodbye. Patriots. That was Michael Yawn. He is a firebrand, and I love him for everything he stands for because he doesn't pull any punches. He just hits it straight and hits it hard. And just to follow up, the Bibles that I told you about, I sent eight founders Bibles today to Pete down in the border, and um, they've he's got them. And one of those is for Michael Yawn, so that's handled. He's going to make we're going to make sure that he continues to have Bibles in hand, Pete Chambers, so he can hand them out to people as we go. It is truly one of the most critical parts of our weapon system that we could have right now, and it's huge. So just we got to keep our prayers on this thing. Michael's going to be down there. Pete's going to be down there. Got to put a lot of prayers out there for this convoy that's joining them. It's it's high profile. Which when high profile things happen, dirty people from the federal government tend to want to get their fingers involved. And we have a dirty federal government. They they are horrible right now. And just if you have any doubt about that. Just consider all the children that are coming across this border that every time you hear a congressman say, well, we we, were still working on the border. You think about every single child that is being moved into this country, stolen from a family, separated from a family, managed by the cartel. And how every one of these congressmen that doesn't vote to shut that border down yesterday and put every single resource on it, you think about what they're doing. These are criminal minds. They're sick criminal minds, and that's why I always categorize them as pedophile satanic cults. They're just horrible. Actually, I often even call them pedophile elites, but it's not enough. We're going to have to add another tag onto it, pedophile satanic elites. They're horrible. People's lives are being shattered. So this is where we have to bring in compassion, and we have to keep moving on all of that. So patriots, keep on fire. Keep your prayers up for the border. This is going to be a hot issue. We're going to have a lot of it coming. We've got a lot of great interviews coming up through tomorrow and through next week, and we we'll just keep them rolling. We've got to keep our information flowing. got to keep focused on what's going on, and we've got to keep our prayers focused on this war. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time in this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom, subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow morning for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless, good night, thank you, and out for now.
4: Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe.